Good morning and welcome to Coffee with the Sarlows. I'm Kelly. Good morning. It's Karen. What are we doing? A client story. I hope people love when we say that. As much as I also tremendously love when I say we have a guest. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's a, it's a client story that just occurred yesterday. And I know you know this, Kelly, that I, I need to do them fast, like, like, fast, like yep. day of. Um, because when when the person is giving me the information and I'm allowed to jot that down that very same day, um, it, it, it's it's fresh for me because there are so many clients and then all the dreams on top of that. Mm-hmm. So maybe this will be how a lot of our shows go. But anyway, so yesterday afternoon on a fall day, um, I, I knew I had a client, a young man coming named Luke. And um, I just didn't know how old someone else made the appointment for him, a woman. So I knew nothing about him. And when I went to the front door, um, I was just shocked. He, it appeared to me, he looked like he was 12 years old. He had his bike and a backpack. And I thought, who sent their kid here? <laughs> like, mm-hmm. without supervision, supervision, like, what, what are they doing? I need an adult with them. And um, I saw the bike. And my first thought was, this could be his only mode of transportation. Mm-hmm. I'm going to ask him if he would like to put his bike on the back deck so he can see it while we're doing the treatment. Because much like how people want to keep an eye on their car or know their car is locked or safe or secure, yeah, maybe he needs that. So I said to him, um, do you need or do you wish to bring your bike into the backyard? We're going to be in the back room and there's there are windows and you can watch your bike. I think I, I, it was actually hearing his thoughts mm-hmm. because the look of relief on his face was just immediate. Mm-hmm. And he said, yes, ma'am, and took his bike into the backyard. And I met him at the back door because the treatment room does open onto the deck. And he looked up and he said, do I go back around to the front? And I said, no, why don't you just come right in this way? And I said, you can place your bike where you can see it so that you can feel okay about it. So he came into the back room and sat down. He was extremely nervous. And I was a little bit too, because I wasn't sure about his age. Mm -hmm. So I said to him, "Um, I'm going to go through a consent procedure, which I do for every single person. And you're going to stay in control of your session. And you get to change your mind if you don't like what I'm doing, or if you want different boundaries around it at any time. And he said that was fine, but that he had basically come for medium. Mm-hmm. And I said, okay. I said, are you here for a man? And I said, a, ma- uh, a male is sitting, standing on the deck. And I said, I, I believe he is your dad and he has brown hair. And um, he said, yep. And most of his session for half an hour, he either looked straight down at the floor mm-hmm. or he looked outside at the trees and at nature. Back and forth. Only on a very rare occasion did he make eye contact with me. And a couple of things that that really stood out in his session. He never challenged me. He never, he wanted all the proof in the world that his dad, who had passed over, was actually here. But he never, ever came in or presented it in a way that he didn't believe. Although it was evident because he was astonished, mystified, stupefied. Um amazed 
um, happy, disbelieving. He had so many different conflicting emotions and all of them were on his face. Mm-hmm. And he was open and honest about it, but always with this kindness. And so his dad came through and said that he had passed away of cancer um, and that um, it was in the stomach area. Um, his, his son really did want a lot of proof, so he did give particular information. He described his son's brain, and he said, I want you to tell my son about his own mind. He says, I passed away, Karen, years ago, so he's not going to believe that I still know his mind anymore or who he is. He was a child when I passed. Okay, so he's not 12? No. This is coming up? Yeah. Okay. He's a young adult. So um, he said, um, my son's brain is such that the that adults believe he has a learning disability. And he now believes he does too. And he quit school because they convinced him of it. And he struggles with math. He struggles with process. But he does have Me process. Too. Yeah, <laughs> he does know process. He understands the process of nature. He understands trees. He understands so many things about process mm-hmm. that this is going to be conflicting for him because he understands the process of that you need time to, to get through something. But he didn't understand the process of certain types of math. And I said, what do you mean? And he goes, well, he doesn't get chemistry or physics, but he could figure out percentages if he worked in a store. If he worked in a bank, he could do adding and subtracting and multiplying. But he thinks that because he didn't get the physics and the chemistry and the teachers failed him in those subjects, that he had a learning disability. Well, then me too. Yeah, I thought this was really cool and worth talking about and worth sharing. And so I described this to him and he looked up at me and he said, Jesus, Karen. He said, I did quit high school. So now I know he's, he's older than the 12 years old that I thought. Mm-hmm. And he says, I did quit. I do believe I have a learning disability. I was classified. He said, I did struggle with math. And I said, well, your dad is saying that you could do certain types of math and that you also were told that you struggle with memory and that part of your learning disabilities were memory based. And I said, in spite of the fact that you can recount every name of every bird, that you have the memory for things that you love and things that you have an hold an interest for, but that if you don't think there's an interest or a pertinence to it, you throw it in the garbage file. And that means me too. Yeah. <laughs> and that means that in certain classrooms or certain school systems that that is a problem with regurgitating what the memory needs to hold in order to pass. Right. Which makes sense if teachers are listening to this and parents are listening to this and school trustees are or educational officers, they all know that in order to pass through a school system, you have to have memory mm-hmm. that you and, and if you don't, you can't pass anything. And if your memory is selective, and it isn't holding the times table, that you're never going to pass a math class yep. that and then therefore you might never get a graduation, you might never get a certificate, in spite of the fact that if you're asked to regurgitate the names of 100 birds, he could do it. And identify them. Yeah. 
It's just, it was just an incredible message. So his dad came through to tell him that while there were these classifications, and I don't want to get into arguments with educational systems saying, but that still is an educational blah, blah, blah. This is a brain, you know, whatever. His dad came through to tell him he could do it. His dad came through to describe his brain, to say that these are the things that you can do and these are the ways that you learned how to do it. You learned how to remember the times table by remembering the birds. And it was like, really? So I looked at him and I said, Luke, is that right? And he goes, yeah, I just graduated. He goes, I did. I went back to high school. He goes, I figured out that if I could remember the names of certain things and if I did attach that to something that I loved, that I could remember it. Mm -hmm. So if the teacher wanted to teach him a certain way of doing a formula, if he remembered a certain bird with the formula, he was able to recall something. And just regurgitate. And regurgitate what he needed because the memory of the bird brought it with it. Very cool. <laughs> I thought that was fascinating. And not to mention the fact that how would the average student who passed ever get through something like that if we said to them, we want you to remember 100 birds for every mathematical formula you have to learn. Doctors might look at that or uh, mechanics and go, hell no. Oh my God, no. Because it's just a different kind of brain. And I think what his dad did was he joyfully, personally, attach himself to his son Mm -hmm. and said, yes, I died, you know, over six years ago. When it was, you know, you were around 10 years old in this very important part of a, a person's life, he lost that connection. He hadn't had it since. That his dad came through and said, ha, gotcha, I know you. Mm-hmm. Ha, gotcha. And it was done, again, with the kindness that what I was trying to explain to you earlier, that he has, that he brought to the treatment. And I know you and I feel the same way about how we want to share our gifts. We want to be able to do it with that same kind of kindness mm-hmm. when people are open. Oh, I've said to people when they leave, they, you know, they say thank you and I'll say, oh my gosh, you're so welcome. It was my pleasure and I hope you felt that. Yeah. And, and a lot of people will say, I did through the whole session. Yeah. Because when, when you do have someone sitting in front of you who is that kind, it is that pleasurable. Yes. And there again, there's another little message for people in other aspects of their lives, right? Mm -hmm. So his session continued and he said, you know, he says, I just need to hear some more things to believe this. And I said to him, sweetheart, I am not a machine. I am a human too. And I said, much like the way that nobody could understand your brain, there are people that would never say they could understand mine in being able to bring in all six senses Mm -hmm. and more, more than six senses, to be able to give this to you. And I said, but you have to remember I'm not a machine Mm -hmm. and that I'm overwhelmed, much like you could feel overwhelmed. I'm using six senses to talk to the spirit world. So while your dad might, oh, I smell cigarette smoke, and his dad was a smoker. And then his dad says, oh, he's a smoker too, Karen. I said, are you? And was he? Yes. Yes and yes. And I said, well, while I'm getting that message, he might have given me the code word you need to hear Mm -hmm. uh, or the name you need to hear or a certain sentence. And I might miss that while I say I smell cigarette smoke because I'm that caught my attention 
was to smell something and I didn't see something because my brain went to what I smelt first. Mm -hmm. You're constantly assessing which one is more of the dominant yes. uh, message. Totally. Or sense. And sometimes I don't feel like I'm making the choice. It's like the spirit world. Well, sometimes they come back and present themselves again. Yeah. So I said, please, please remember that I am a human being and that I'm a spirit, that I am trying my hardest. And he went, okay. And I went, oh, squirrels. <laughs> he goes, what? Oh, no, sorry, not squirrels, black crow. And he went, no. And I said, yeah, I said, he just said crow. He goes, Karen, there's a crow in the tree right now. It just landed. But I couldn't see it from where I was sitting in the treatment room. Mm -hmm. So I had to get up to see the crow. And I said, oh, I'm glad that you got that. And I sat down. Now, I'm the one that d was running on to the next piece. And he was just sitting there staring at the crow. Mm -hmm. He needed a whole minute to absorb crow. And I was moving on. Which, there again, there's a little bit of a, do I pause for the client to appreciate that? And sit with his dad and and sit in that? Or do I... Pump do, out the next Do thing. I pump out, yeah, the very next thing so that I can offer him the next affirmation, so that when he leaves the room, he can spew out 10 to Aunt Josephine and, you know, oh whoever gosh. asked him, um, you know, what did she say? Yeah. Because what, what they want then is, how did she prove it? Mm -hmm. So I sat there and I thought, what do I do? How do I help him? How do I give what, him what he needs? So I turned to his dad and he said, give him, give him a moment. But when he comes, when he comes back, he says, tell him I'll be three squirrels. And I'm thinking, oh my God, I had three birds in the last story. This is going to be really interesting. So I waited a moment and he put his head down in his hand, in his hands and had his moment. And then when he took his head up, he looked at me straight in the face. And I said, he says he wants to be three squirrels. Now, are you good with this? And he goes, three squirrels and I said he says black gray red and I have to get it right in that order or I'm no good and I'm thinking oh that's great yeah set me up for failure thank you <laughs> I said boy your dad's an ass I said, yeah. like <laughs> not only did he tell me I have to get the right animal and the right colors I gotta get them in the right order now mm -hmm. and nature has to comply with me yeah. And the universe in order to do all of this for this young, this young man who is so in pain. And he goes, well, he goes, it's okay. He goes, because I got the first squirrel when I got here. He goes, you didn't see it, but I already got black squirrel. He goes, it was in the tree with the black crow. And I went, oh, okay. So then a few moments later, as we were continuing to talk, um, a gray squirrel was in Pat's backyard next door. Yep. And he goes, Karen, Karen, gray squirrel, gray squirrel. And so I couldn't see it again from my seat. So I had to get up and go around the little partition to see the gray squirrel. And I said, oh, Luke, I said, am I ever happy for you that you got two squirrels? And he goes, yep, two out of three, two out of three, Karen. And I said, okay. I said, I really hope you get your red one. I said, but please remember, I'm just doing my best. You might get it in a week or two. I have no, no, no. While I'm talking... The red squirrel is running across the deck. I'm coming, I'm coming. Yes, and he just literally stood up in front of me, sat back down on his chair, burst into tears, put his head into his hands and bawled. Yeah. And I'm watching the squirrel and he crawled up into the barbecue. 
And you know how they crawl up yeah. and they pull off all the inside um, yeah. white cotton s- s- lining? Mm-hmm. Well, you could hear him in there, scratch, 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 scratch. So then Luke finally pulls his head up because he can hear the scratching noise. And I said, your squirrel went up inside my barbecue cover. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so he goes, where? So we both went to the back door. We look outside, Kelly. If we didn't see the squirrel's uh, bottom half of his body drop down and start swinging from side to side, <laughs> he he was holding himself with one like a chin up, yeah, and he was pulling off the inside lining <laughs> of the of the cover to make his nest, yeah. But his body was hanging from about the chest area down, and he's swinging from side to side, and yeah. his feet are kicking. Oh my god, it was cute. Yeah. He just stood there and it was like he was watching his father. I, I I just can't even begin to tell you. I don't know who I like looking at more, the squirrel's antics or Luke's face. Yeah. And I, I'll say that I have to side with Luke's face. So we went back and sat down and he kept going, three squirrels. My dad, he goes, he... He came in three squirrels. And I said, yeah, hon. I said, he picked three squirrels in the crow because he says you love nature and you love walking out in the bush. And that every time you go out in the bush, it's when you're trying to feel connected to him again. And he goes, yep. He goes, that's exactly what I do. And I said, he's also saying that you feel very isolated on earth and that you've since he's passed, you feel like you're all by yourself. And he said, yeah. He says, because when my dad died, I was put in foster care. Mm-hmm. He says, and I've had to go from family to family. He says, and when you go from family to family, sometimes some families do a really good job of trying to make you feel included, but you know you're not their family. You know, and he says, and sometimes when shit goes down, they let you know. Mm-hmm. They let you know that you're not and that you should be grateful that they're helping you. Mm-hmm. And while you do feel like grateful that they are, you're still supposed to be able to feel what you want to feel. That when you're mad, you should be able to be mad too. Mm-hmm. But you're not allowed to get mad because you should be grateful. Mm-hmm. And he says, so I feel like since my dad died, that I'm not allowed to be angry at anything. That I'm not allowed to be sad. I should be happy. I should be grateful for everything. That's awful. It was a powerful half hour in my life that I will carry with me for the rest of it. Luke is somebody I choose to take into my heart forever. Mm -hmm. And that I choose to remember every time a client comes and I feel frustrated or hurt or that I'm struggling. I will remember him because of his gratitude I will remember him because he was angry and wanted to feel it and have a safe place to be in it. And that he needed to be able to be those things. For half an hour. How do you say to a 17-year-old kid that he only gets to do it for a half hour? So then his dad says to me, he has 60 bucks in his pocket to pay you. It's not his. It was given to him because somebody found out about what you did, went to check you out first, because they have the money to do it. Mm -hmm. So they came. Then once they thought that it would be good for him to come, they gave him the 60 bucks to come because they wanted to help him and to love him. Mm. So they gave him the $60. And I thought about that. 
I thought about what money does when it's given with the right intention. And his dad said, Karen, the spirit world over here tells me that you do things for free. And I'm like, oh, shit. Yeah. <laughs> and he goes, so I'm asking you to give this to my son for free. It's his birthday. And I said, what? And he goes, it's his birthday today. I want you to help me give my son a birthday gift from me. But I'm dead. So like, it's a little hard. I gave him a crow and three squirrels. Mm -hmm. And he goes, well, he's going to remember that forever and love it. I also kind of want to be a regular dad. A regular dad. Yeah. And I want to give him something. And I thought, holy shitballs, Karen. You are a pretty cool woman. <laughs> and I said, it would be my pleasure. What an honor and a pleasure to be me. To be able to be in that position, to say to a dead being, living dead being, however you want to call the beautiful spirit world, yes, yeah, yes, I can do something for you. And yes, I can do something for a human being. Yes, I can do something for both realities. How absolutely incredible that in a different way than just giving a message or being a medical intuitive, but that I can actually do something else too. I know we give candy. I know we do all kinds of things. But I looked at him and I said, Luke, I said, your dad says happy birthday, hun. And that this is a birthday gift you're not to pay today. He walked out of the door in tears. Mm -hmm. He just got up. Crying and left, walked out of the house, put up his hand because he couldn't even speak, oh. got on his bike. And when I went to the front door to watch him go down the driveway, it was wiggling. Oh. It was bike was wiggling. Because mm -hmm. sometimes, you know, when you're on your bike and you're stressed out, you can't ride it right. You can't write it straight. And it's, a, it's an analogy that that's how you feel like you're living your life. Mm -hmm. I don't suggest you do it in your car. But I really got it when I saw the bike. Because I know he was shaky. I know his world shook that day. And I was so, so, so appreciative. So connected. Mm -hmm. so me now I want to jump for a second right out of that story okay you and I just both had clients mm -hmm. half an hour ago an hour ago and different people today and your client is a was a young is a man a, a grown man yep. who is nonverbal mm -hmm. who came in a van with his mom his mm -hmm. mom drove it because he cannot mm -hmm. And they have seen you before. So I would like to talk to you about that. But this is what I wanted to share. Um, I was going off to see one client. You were going into a van. You were leaving the house to go sit in a van for an hour in our driveway so that you could give messages from an adult male son to his mom mm -hmm. for one hour where you got to be his voice and he could shake his head or do whatever he does to affirm it for you. And I know you'll tell your story. Mm -hmm. 
Kelly, when you were going to walk out the door and I saw you put your blue jacket on and your black head in your <laughs> braided ponytail going out the door to sit in a van, I was so proud of you. Thank you. I was so, so overwhelmed with how much love I feel for you that no matter how hard it is to live with these gifts as a 28-year-old woman where all your friends have what we would call maybe regular jobs, where maybe it's so difficult for you to sleep through a night because of the dreams or to stand in a mall, that you do this so that you can go and sit in a van in our driveway. Thank you. I'm so proud. But I don't even know, like the word isn't just proud. It's not that it's my ego that feels proud of you. It's just love. And I don't know how to put more words to all of the things that love mean. When you see your child struggle so much in life like that mom is with her son. Mm -hmm. And you are my daughter. And that two moms... Um needed our two children and that our two you were bridging but somehow and I don't know if you felt it in the second half hour while you were sitting in the van I did my dancing in the house for you I know oh do you yeah I'll get to it oh okay (laughs) I just want to say to Justin Timberlake can't stop the feeling yeah (laughs) just in case anybody wants to go get that after this and join me in my dance Because maybe somebody listening to this loves their daughter or their son or their girlfriend or, you know, their dog. Yeah. You know, we, we, I I don't know. It's just, uh, did you want to get into your story or did you want to do that in another podcast show? Hmm. No, uh, I'll touch on a couple of things that I think maybe go hand in hand with Luke's story. Okay. Um, About a parent because that was about his dad. And this is a son and a mother. Okay. Um, so the son is a, a full-grown man. He's just, he's in a wheelchair and he's uh, non-communicative verbally. Um, he can say, yeah, or he can say no. Oh. And that's it. Um, that's it? <laughs> can I just ask people to think about that for a moment, if that's all you could do in your day? Hmm. Because it really forces... Well, you don't think about um, what kind of terrible questions people ask or that people don't know how to ask a good question, right? So if all he's capable of is yes and no and all you do is frame your question confusingly, he can't ever really elaborate. Um, So anyway, we got into the car and one of the first things that that came out was that he didn't want to be touched that day. And that's fine. The last time I sat next to him and he let me touch his leg. Um, to to facilitate some of the energy healing, but he knows that it doesn't have to be through touch. So I I had heard today that he didn't want it, and that's cool. Um, You heard from his spirit. Yes. Um, But I said to him in the van, are you okay if I don't touch you today? And he said, yeah. (laughs) And I said, do you want to be touched? And he said, no. Oh, good for you guys. Yeah, so he can still give affirmations which is fantastic but well wait though I want to just point in though that even though you had an inner knowing about that that you took the time to word the question in two ways to give him time to think exactly what you asked and Mm -hmm. to have two opportunities to answer to that 
Well, because I needed to know that there was consistency, right? Because sometimes you do, and I, I don't mean this to be rude, but you do fear that if I've asked the question, then what if he really is only capable of saying, yeah, right? And so I asked a no question in my head, hoping that, you know, he would be able to say no and it would be consistent with the previous yes. So anyway... Oh, I like what you just did, though, Kelly, because uh-huh. how many of us word our questions? Oh, I know. Many people word their question the way they want to hear the answer come out. Right. So if I want to know, I'm going to word it in a negative way. You really don't want to eat that for dinner, do you, sweetie? Because we want to hear no. Mm-hmm. And I, I like pointing out how you do that and how thoughtful your process is because you hear people's thoughts. Thank you. So the first thing that came through was that he was trying to explain to his mom that he has heart bursts, and this is his terminology, not mine, Um, and he was describing that he feels so filled up with love for people. Um, He explained it kind of like when an old school TV just kind of fritzes. So when you see all kinds of color and it kind of blows up in a color, then it shrinks back down into like a little dot and goes out to both sides, and then you see black. And his mom was like, what? And I just said, this is what his heart burst is. It's an explosion of light, essentially. And then it goes, it, mm-hmm. it explodes outwards. Mm-hmm. And then there's nothingness. And I said, and that's when he starts to feel exhausted in a day. Because he heart bursts for people at random. Wow. He'll heart burst for strangers who need love. He'll heart burst for people who are in pain. But he's exhausted so much in the day, even though he doesn't sleep. Because he so willingly gives, right, with zero expectation that people are going to return any of that because a lot of them aren't even aware it's happening. Um, And also knowing that people don't know how to burst their own heart. So he never gives with an expectation that they're going to return it. So he never really feels like he receives from others, which I thought was incredible. And it is the reason I chose to share, share that portion. And I, I won't go into other detail about the rest of it is because you talked about happy dancing in the kitchen yeah. for me. And we were talking about a heartburst um, and watching me walk out to the van. And that is and you can correct me if I'm wrong. That is what you do for me. Yeah. When I say I can't explain to you how much I love you. It is a heartburst. Mm-hmm. And you know, someone can say it back to you, like, I feel the same way. And you always question, do you really understand a heartburst, though? Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's where some fear can come in into, into relationships of, I'm, I'm pretty sure I love you more because I'm pretty sure you don't know how this feels. And I know I felt that for you before. Well, I know because sometimes we will say to each other, I love you more. Mm-hmm. I love you more today. Because there is that that much love bursting in in the in your heart for the other person yeah and I know on some days when you've turned around and said no no I'm gonna love you more and it's like not possible because I know what I'm feeling (laughs) and it doesn't get bigger than this and it's just it's a beautiful problem it is but anyway I chose the heartburst just because he, he got to explain to his mom what he does for other people and he called her out on it because he says mom has mom thinks she understands because she has heartburst for me too but they come from a place of worry hoping that I understand how much she loves me, Hmm. hoping that I understand that she's doing her best. And so she bursts her heart in fear that I don't understand something. So she wants to keep giving. Right. Right. And I think a lot of us can appreciate that feeling that this person doesn't understand. So I have to keep doing more and more and more. 
And he just said, look, mom, I know you think you understand a heart burst, but I do it better than you. <laughs> and I fucking love it because this is the same kid yeah. that probably over a year ago told his mom that in their air band, she was singing too much and it was his band and she needed to back off. <laughs> and like, he'll call her out and say like, I do it better than you. Yeah. And I think that's great because I think that's what most kids do, right? Yeah. Or most most children, right? Yeah. Um, and you're saying children because that's her child, her but yeah. he's an adult. Well, he's like in his 30s, eh? Yeah, he's in his late 30s, actually. Yeah. And But the same way when you walk out of your room and I'm like, Mom, you got to put your hair in a ponytail. Like, it's just not, <laughs> it's not your day for hair down. And, and kids will tell you, I'm doing it better. Yeah. Right? Like, that's just, that's just life. Yes. But I liked the heart burst. And when you said that you were happy dancing in the kitchen, it just like it was... That feeling was just dancing all over our property. Well, and after that, I came down, I sat at my desk to pay bills, and I danced for 15 minutes. And if anybody chair dances... Um, a lot I, of shoulder shimmies. Shoulders, head bobbing, um, sho- yeah, shoulder moving, um, chest, upper body swinging, uh, and, and arms over the head. Karen, if anybody can... snaps a lot too. <laughs> Snapping my fingers, <laughs> facial expressions going... <laughs> Absolutely. And I did that for uh, two Can't Stop the Feeling and one other Justin Timberlake song. I can't recall. And I think I only know one name of one of his songs. But um, for three songs, while you were guys were in the driveway, I was bursting with love, happy dancing. And I also think it's really fun for people to hear that. That while you guys rode in a van in the driveway, I'm doing desk work, not looking out in the driveway, giving you guys your privacy, and I'm feeling what's going on in your van. Mm-hmm. And I'm sharing it. I didn't just know it and think, oh, that's nice for Kelly and her clients. I wanted in on it. Oh, okay. <laughs> that's great. I just, I remember clicking my phone because everyone who's been here knows I keep my phone on me for timekeeping purposes. Oh. And I clicked on it just to see where we were at, and it was two minutes to two and just every time I'm with him it's like ah fuck it's over yeah Uh, and it's such a nice a nice feeling of of feeling like there's not enough time well you know what maybe it's really nice for people to hear too Kelly that quite often in sessions time goes by too fast for us yeah I I know that that hour half hour 90 minutes whatever it is that they book especially when the you feel all of the love from the other side from the people who've crossed over and the animals and the the whole spirit world and when especially when you also feel it from the human being in the room when they come here and they're open hearted when they yeah. when they really are looking to connect in a in an open honest way mm-hmm. not in a can I come here and test you kind of way that the hour goes by way too fast for us yep. we love the the all of the energy and all of the emotions and feelings and messages and what we learn um, while we're with them. Mm-hmm. And I think, and maybe you said this and I apologize if I, if I didn't hear you. Um, we know it's never enough. Mm-hmm. It's never enough for us. Yeah. It's not enough fun. It's not enough messages. It's not enough affirmations. We like we love it as much as the client loves it. We want as much, if not more. Yeah. And clients will see us arguing with the spirit world. Be more specific. Give me more information. Mm-hmm. We want it as badly as the clients do, and I think they forget that. And I think a lot of people, you know, we've had negative comments on our Facebook pages that how could we take people's money mm-hmm. in this situation? And it's like we're not sitting there just to collect a dollar at the end of this it we want the messages as much as you do oh yeah 
Absolutely. Or why would we do it? And how could you do it for years and decades? Mm-hmm. Like, y- y- anyway. Um, yeah. Yes. So anyhow, cool. it uh, was fun. Mm-hmm. Yeah. A wiggling bike and heart bursts. Yeah. I like it. <laughs> okay. I think I know what that show is going to be called. I think so too. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) All right. We're done. Go ahead. Well, we're done for today. Thank you for listening. If you have any questions, info at bysarlo.com is the way to get us. And Kelly and I love doing this. So please come back and listen to the next show.